0: And thank you for joining us for another episode of the Scranton Talks podcast. I hope you enjoy your time with us. We have our second half of our Star Wars Day Scranton Talks episode. We actually had our special guest, who is a visual effects artist. His name is Martin Lalanne Romero. He's a visual effects artist who pushes the creative boundaries while generating optimized solutions for games and VR. He currently is a visual effects lead at Amazon Game Studios in San Diego and is a former visual effects artist at ILM X Lab, Lucasfilm's immersive entertainment studio. He has worked on several immersive experiences for players and fans, including Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War. He also worked on Star Wars Galaxy's Edge Millennium and Falcon's Smugglers Run Park Ride, as well as Ralph Breaks VR with Lucasfilm and The Void. We had a wonderful chat with Martine. And I hope you enjoy this episode and find it inspiring.
1: Welcome, everyone.
0: Hi, welcome, everybody.
1: Thank you for joining us for the second half of our show today uh, on uh, May the 4th. Right, uh, Desiree?
0: Yeah, happy Star Wars Day, everybody. It's May the 4th.
1: Yes, we just had a really great conversation with a few filmmakers uh, in this area of Scranton, Pennsylvania, and we're able to uh, talk a little bit about just what uh, Star Wars uh, did for them and how it made them uh, better artists as well as creatives. Uh, in uh, you know, really keep the uh, the whole um, momentum going for May, May the Fourth. I mean, this is a national holiday, right?
0: We, uh, we'd like to think so, but it's, it's not. <laughs> but yeah, we had a great um, first half with Tony Susie, Josh Bidwell, and Rich Dries talking about Star Wars and why we love Star Wars and why it's been like this cultural phenomenon. We answered some trivia questions, which we got some right and some wrong.
1: <laughs> Very cool. Yes, and uh, um, for those who don't know me, my name is Luz uh, Cabrales, and I am the uh, co-founder of the Independent Film Creative Hub, as well as uh, Scranton Films. Where here in uh, Scranton, Pennsylvania, we try to, uh, you know, bring the film back to Scranton and, and really foster, uh, the uh, filmmaking, uh, special effects, music, anything that has to do with filmmaking, uh, and getting people involved in the arts, uh, as well as getting people motivated, uh, for just creating and collaborating together. Uh, so thank you so much for joining us today. Um, Desiree, uh, I'll, I'll give you the, the floor.
0: Yeah, for those who don't know me, I'm Desiree Zlinski. I'm also the co-founder of the Independent Film Creative Hub, and I run the uh, Film Society, which is a local filmmaking community here in Northeast Pennsylvania. And I'm also the organizer of the Mystery Box Film Challenge. But we're very excited to have on our episode... Uh, Marlon Leland Romero, he's a visual effects artist who pushes the creative boundaries while generating optimized solutions for games in VR. Uh, we are going to learn more about him and his, creative, and his creative journey in the industry and also find out his kind of connection with Star Wars as well.
1: Yes, yes, we're very, very excited. Uh, Martin has given us his time, a uh, very busy time, uh, to talk to us about his connection to Star Wars, of course, but also just what makes him uh, a creative artist and we haven't had a visual effects artist in the show before so this will be very very interesting uh, just to see sort of how a lot of the games get created a lot of, a lot of the VR uh, virtual reality and uh, just um, getting the idea across so uh, what we're gonna do first is I'm gonna show um, uh, Martin's uh, demo wheel and just some of the work he has done. Uh, And then we're going to bring him in and we're going to just have a, you know, relax and uh, a chat just about what makes him uh, a great artist. All right. So here we go. It's really, really good uh, stuff. Thank you you so much for being here um, uh, for the second half of the show. Uh, We're going to give you the, the, a couple of questions, but this is very, very laid back uh, just to kind of get an idea of what you do as a visual uh, effects mm-hmm. guy. Uh, and um, again, thank you so much for your time. Uh, of what so. uh, I like to do in this um, conversation is more for for creatives to get to get motivated, and maybe someone out there is is, is listening, and they may want to get into the visual effects part of the industry, uh, or maybe or, or someone veteran, you know, that's uh, that's been doing uh, something else that maybe wants to get into this. Um, so I always start with the first question, which is, "How did it all start? It for you as far as the creative aspect? I know it's a very broad uh, no. question." But uh, you and I have a little bit of history, and, I, and I'll get to that a, a little bit. But just kind of tell me more more about that.
2: Sure. Um, so 1999, I was in uh, Sacramento, one of the most boring places on the planet Earth. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I was, I was trying to get into some kind of creative field. And I think I started going to college. Um, in Sacramento City College for graphic designing, and at that point, I think I was um, we were using Photoshop. I don't know Photoshop like six or five or something. I you know right. I can't really remember. And so um, we were animating layers and kind of moving them around. And I thought that was kind of interactive and kind of cool, but it wasn't enough. And and the labs, the computer labs, I will see this guy playing and the computer with this 3D program. Um, I forgot the name of the, the, the software, software that he was using, but it wasn't mine it was something else. Um, and so I remember seeing this guy, he was animating this skeleton and he would put the skeleton inside of like a grave or something and then he would reanimate it going back up. And I was like, that's the kind of thing that I want to do, right? I didn't talk to him because he was like very quiet and very focused so I didn't want to bother him. So I kind of carry that thought in my head of like, I want to do that kind of thing, you know, whatever it is that he's doing, moving the stuff in space. And so um, in 2001, actually 2002, uh, I moved to San Francisco and I went to different schools and just went, you know, to the Academy of Art University, to the one in, um, there was one in Oakland, I forget the name of it. Um, And then there was the... The one that I went with uh, Luz to the Art Institute of California, San Francisco, and I think I even checked out another school. And then I think we applied. You needed to submit some artwork or whatever. And at that point, again, I'm kind of skipping back and forth. It's been
1: that's all right. 20, that's all almost right. twenty years. So, right um,
2: I took some classes at uh, San Francisco City College as well, and uh, you know, like drawing classes and things like that. So I brought that over. And I showed it to the school, and they said, "Yeah, you can come in. Of course, you know, you can come in. You're great, you know." Um, Sign so in the hundred thousand dollar whatever thing that you know right, you're right. committed to, <laughs> and uh, I just went in, right? And so I started taking to the uh, to the animation was the first thing that I went into. It was like frame by frame, like the way that Disney did it, which was amazing to me because I grew up watching a lot of cartoons. Bugs yeah. Bunny and all of these things. So everything was like one drawing at a time, one drawing at a time. The problem was that I didn't know how to draw. Like that really wasn't my thing. Even though I wanted to do it, like something wasn't really clicking, right? And regardless of how many classes I took and people keep saying, no, oh, I just keep doing that. You're going to get better. It's like, no, sometimes you don't have that gift. Sometimes you don't have that thing and it's not going to work out. So... Quickly, I shifted gears and I'm like, okay, let's now try 3D modeling and texturing. And uh, Jason Wiener was the instructor at that point yeah. that we had. And uh, so he was so animated and so full of life or whatever. And if he's watching, you know, he'll remember that I used to be like so fascinated by his energy. And so I did like the 3D aspect of it. And I was really excited about this whole thing. But then again, I was no modeler, right? And then we took... 3D animation classes, and that wasn't really it either. And then somehow I discovered lighting and texturing and things like that, and I was like, ooh, I like this. Okay. So I started kind of like paying attention to the lighting and texturing aspect of the 3D world. And at the same time, I discovered this 3D animation, uh, I'm sorry, this 3, 3D uh, particle system that came with 3D Studio Max. And so I started playing with it and I started purchasing tutorials from uh, this guy, Alan McKay. And I just kind of like kept, you know, like learning on my own. I purchased all of the DVDs that at that point, uh, what was it, the company in LA? Uh, we're giving props to everybody right now. Um, <laughs> the, the Norman school of visual effects in, in okay. Los Angeles. So I purchased, I think it was like 14 DVDs that Alex Alvarez had released. And I just, at that point, I was with my girlfriend and, you know, we just like purchased that. And that was that was the thing that I would do all day, just like watch these tutorials, try to go through them. And the reaction that I would get from people when I was doing visual, these visual effects for Mediocre, I guess, that they were, the reaction was like, oh, that's interesting. As opposed to like, yeah, no, that's not really it, you know. Yeah. So I kind of latch on to that. Um response that I was getting from people, and I just like kept going at it right when I graduated in two thousand and seven, I graduated with a degree on visual effects and animation, but that was there was no such thing at school. I made that degree myself just by watching tutorials and by just like spending countless hours on the weekends, everybody was partying or whatever I'll be locked in doing my own thing, and uh you know like i just I just became. Uh, fascinated and obsessed with just like learning and getting better at it and I mean the rest it just brings me to you know to, to where I am right now, you know.
1: Very, very good. So, so I'm gonna stop you there, and we're gonna break that down because that's you said like quite a, a lot of great uh, things there, and and a lot sure. of things that that are takeaways. So, you, uh, the first thing is um, how I met Martin. Martin and I went to school together, uh, and uh, it just it was a, a different time. It was just the technology was was there but it wasn't there yet right. you know like the way that when we get into the vr and what you do now i don't think even that was like you know it was very uh, primitive at that mm-hmm. at that moment so it's really nice how you said that sometimes you know, you got to tell yourself, you know, like, maybe I'm not really good at this, but let me explore something else. Mm -hmm. Right. So I like that about, about that. And so for people who um, don't know, like your background, the ones that are just starting here, I mean, you are a visual effects artist, but you taught a lot of that yourself. I mean, that, that is, that is great. That's a great uh, uh, thing to take on that you are, if you wanted, you're going to have to like, learn it your way because the stuff is not there yet for for people to uh to show it to you right
2: correct yeah so what i what i did have was all of that good stuff from school that the principles of animation which are really important you know things like follow through overlapping action you know all of these all of these principles right like i could then apply them to the, the particle systems behavior like the way things will behave and they will react with the proper gravity and the wind, you know, how it will move the smoke and the steam and, you know, all of these phenomenal, right, things that you start creating. Because back when, when ILM were doing it, right, it was all like computer, gener- oh, no, I'm sorry, not computer, math, gener- right? They, they'll just write yeah. all of these math and all of this whatever, and then they get these, you know, beautiful behaviors going on. Um, and so we didn't really get that in school. Nobody was teaching you, like, how to animate smoke and the velocities of them by you know using vector math and all of these things No, there was none of that it was just you were just getting simple velocities x y and z position to move the particles at some wind and some turbulence and then you get some kind of behavior right like stuff like that so it was up to me like the more that i learned the more that i try to to um to execute into my work and then i just kept exploring new new um New venues, right, that will kind of like push me uh, with the quality of work that, that I always wanted to go or to be at.
1: Okay, no, very cool, very cool. So so that brings us to the, the other part, uh, and then we can kind of dissect pretty much everything. I know Desiree wants to get a little bit more now on your professional work and uh, what you do, and mm-hmm. then we're going to sort of bring it back in a circle again, uh, if you don't mind. So go sure. go right ahead, Desiree. <laughs> I know you
0: mentioned that you were featured in There Are Special Effects Artists in Video Games 2 from Katu was this article, and you were kind of like, it was like a highlight. Maybe in your career being featured in that article. So, what is unique in doing visual effects in games versus for film necessarily? So is there something different between games and film?
2: That, that's a really good question. Uh, and, and so, yeah, that was in Kotaku when when that was released, um, and you know, my name was mentioned there among you know whatever how many other yeah. people were there. And it doesn't matter if it would have been even a hundred because it's, there's thousands of us out there so the fact that that i was made you know feature there that was a big big accomplishment i guess it's it's more as for an artist right like you're like oh wow you're recognized right because you've been putting so much work and for yeah. us it's just like to see that satisfaction right it's that's we we do care about the money but for me it has always been more of the passion of the work like i always said i wanted to get into this business to make enough money to pay for my wives and my kids, whatever, you know, like, like to pay for the bills. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, some, somehow it became a little bit more than that. And it's like, it's a blessing, but at the same time, it's, it's your passion, right. That takes you there. So, um, to go back to, to, uh, to your point, um, I think, let's see. just us see that. Yeah, like, a, not like a, visual effects in games. I think uh, because so, people. So, so yeah. I, I don't want to take away from, from the film side because the film side has been, you know, it was like the Star Wars stuff, right? Was there. It was kind of like what created us to go into, into doing the whole like game yeah. things or whatever. But when you're working for games, when you're generating effects for video games, there's a lot of challenges, right? It's a lot of challenges because you're working with sprites. You're working with these cards that you put textures on and you're able to, you know, like, right, yeah, here's a great example right there, right? Like that steam, that steam, when you're creating that in film, you are able to use like thousands and millions of like particles that will create that steam. And it's like little tiny dots that will give you that beautiful turbulent behavior. Here, I'm not doing that. Here is just a sprite that I put in, right? And I'm just animating the sprite and moving it and rotating it and I'm animating the the, like in a smoke sequence that plays into that car and I'll just blend those particles and then you know I'm presenting you know and I'm and I'm kind of just moving that with some forces and things like that. And the other thing is that in film sometimes you just get a different let's say that you have I don't know a volcano and then this thing is just Mm -hmm. erupting and then you get this smoke or whatever like going into one direction. That's the only shot that you get. When you're working in games, you need to present your idea from different angles. For example, yeah. here, you can go into that room and I can move the camera. I, can, I didn't do it that way because I'm not having a walkthrough. It's just I, I decided just to to shoot this as if I was shooting a movie. So it's very cinematic. And this was a personal thing that I did by myself, by the way, which we can get to it later. But the point being is that I can move around this entire room right, and see that smoke. For film, sometimes it doesn't happen that way, right? Like you make it look really, really good from one angle, right? But you don't have to. You don't have to worry about what's going on in the other side because it's like shot, cut, put another shot, cut, right? Yeah. But for for games, that has been the challenging thing, right? And I remember my first when I got really ser- serious working on this, I went to uh, Crystal Dynamics, and I remember the challenging part of like, oh no, it looks pretty good from here but we want to make it look from all the angles, right? So, uh, so I would say that that's one of the things I think it's, um, how do you make something like the awesome visual effects that you see in Star Wars inside of a game when you're very limited, yeah. right? By using sprites and things like that. Of course, nowadays, the Unreal Engine, I was pushing for fluid dynamics and things like that, but we still don't have the, uh, the computational power that can handle as many uh, pixels on the screen the same way that we can do it at um, the film side.
1: Yeah, very, very good. That that's that was a very good question, Desiree. Very, very great answer. Uh, yeah, because you you really are, so you really are creating a, a 360 world, right, where every little thing can be seen, and, oh, right. um, By the player uh, when you do uh, games like that, just to kind of go on Desiree's questions. Uh, how do you? What is your process, right? Like, is as far as what your job is. Uh, let's just say this was a specific video game that you have to create an environment mm-hmm. what what it, what would be your uh, job uh, um, if you were in a in a team to to make make that because I see here that you have worked um, I didn't give you an in, I didn't do an introduction on you I wish i uh, I apologize but uh, I see that you have worked on quite a few video games um, right. And um, just just to throw a few of them, I'll put them on the screen. But uh, just maybe tell us a little bit about that uh, and to kind of go into the same question that Desiree said, how you can um, collaborate as a team and what will be your task when creating that world? Of course.
2: Yeah, so the the environment that you were looking at over there right um mm-hmm. and i can actually i don't know if i can post another link because i have another link that can probably shows like a breakdown and it's easier oh, to yeah. see so the, cool. the things yeah. um you so can email it and then i'll post it up yeah let me just go to Vimeo and as i'm going there i'm gonna get that fire uh
1: Oh, is it the fire? Uh, that would be- yeah, the
2: fire one. Because the fire one has different layers and you'll see exactly. And I can, as I'm explaining it, it's going to be easier for the for the viewers to, yeah. to kind of get this whole thing. So this was another, like, I, I always wanted to to create it, to, to burn like an entire place, like a, like a house or whatever. And when I worked at different companies, I didn't really have the opportunity, right? Or I would just get like a little piece, but I never had the, the chance to do the whole thing. Now, in this case, I am generating all of the fire sequences in a, in a completely different program. I'm using Houdini to generate the fire. So I get Houdini, I set up everything the way that I needed to, and I exported those sequences out. I think I generated like 12 or 13 different kinds of fires, small flames, lar- large flames. Now, you can see the different layers here. And this is what the environment artist will do. Somebody will model the cows. The Somebody will do the textures, which usually is the modelers. And somebody will do the lighting. In this case, uh, the models, I just purchased them from the real store. You can just buy those. And then um, I set up the lighting the way that I wanted to. Since I like lighting so much, I set up this whole lighting and the whole place. Yeah. And But the, the highlight of what I wanted to do was just set up the fire. So that's kind of like what they will come to me and they will say, Hey, Martin, we have... Uh, these buildings that we want to burn or whatever, you know, go ahead. And most companies, they'll probably already have the fire sequences there. But I'm also showing that I can create the fires myself, right? Which is, it takes another skill level, right? Like it's not just, I'm not just setting up like a fire camp, which is what I probably would have done when I was working with, when I was in school with Luz, I probably would have done just a fire camp as my first big project. And right. this time around, it's, it's been years of experience, right? I can leverage a lot of my skills to like generate all kinds of stuff and then just output, you know, something like this, which is, you know, it took maybe three weeks to get this whole thing going. Right. And and it's, again, it was a challenge that I wanted to do similar to the sci-fi that you saw before. Mm-hmm. I was just like, okay, I never done a, an entire sci-fi project. How can I do that? And I just went in and I purchased the level did the whole thing and yeah very very cool
1: and, and that's really good just to, for people to understand that may you know people love video games i mean i think that is one right. of the uh, you know one of the biggest industries we have uh, is video games and just to be able to to make those worlds so so how would this differ right i see that you have worked on like call of duty black Ops, uh cold war uh, and then i see raw ralph breaks vr Right, so like completely different as far as uh, the look of them. You have something that is more, um, you know, for children. Something that is a lot more for adults. How do you differ uh, your work from that, um, or is it basically the same idea that you're creating those those uh, particles or however you know
2: what you do? Yeah, no, it's it's, it's actually uh, a good question because I I keep wondering that myself sometimes like. <laughs> I think that the only, I think that I can reach the level. Um, I think that I can not go past like painting, like if I were to do to the animated effects, I think that I wouldn't be able to successfully do that. Yeah. But something like Ralph Breaks VR, it's still stylized enough, but I can rely on a lot of the techniques that I use for like realistic stuff. I think realistic stuff has always has been my, um, uh, what is it? that I don't know, my lucky charm, my lucky whatever, right? Like that's the thing that has gotten me this far, Uh, just going for realistic stuff. That's kind of like what I prefer. But somehow I have able also to generate and create and successively produce a lot of stylized stuff, right? That is not realistic, nor cartoony, so I'm able to still, you know, like, like cross those boundaries and execute and make it fun, like for the VR stuff, right? Um, I can, I can only put, or you can only see whatever is available online, because those are um, venues that you get to walk around with the headset, VR, VR headset. And, you know, you have a blaster that you can use to shoot and things like that. So there, I did a lot of work, but I can't show it over here because it's, you know, it I'll be giving away the you know right the, right no the, no, no I understand the, the experience but um but what I'm trying to get to is that when I was working on, on the VR um on Ralph stuff I was doing things like pancakes and like milkshakes and you know <laughs> like just just fun little things you know I was I was shooting these things that would just like burst with this kind of you know fun little cute thing, cute things and you know when I was working for um you know places like striking distance studio right i was working more in like gooey goopy like disgusting you know like blood spurts and you know all of these things so it's i don't know it's the way that my brain works right when it comes to visual effects i will just try to to do the effect that i'm being asked for uh, to do and you know and i just i don't know i guess i've been lucky <laughs> i've been able to experience a, a, a different variety of of styles and so far it, this worked out pretty well.
1: Yeah. Very,
2: That's very cool. cool.
1: And, 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 you know, as far as, um, uh, the process, uh, you know, that you have worked for a companies company and one of them, because it is made, uh, for, you know, you have worked for ILMX, uh, lab, which, right. uh, maybe let us know a little bit, like, do they focus more on the VR? What can I, um, we don't have to say names if, you know, obviously yeah. uh, if you don't have to, uh, but like, what was your experience there in just being able to, you know, something that, you know, uh, you were able to work on, on the VR part of it, right? Like, yeah. I, I guess tell so us. A little I, about I,
2: yeah. So I worked on, let's see, one, two, three, I think it was four projects that I worked on when I was there uh, for three years. And uh, by the way, that was kind of like, I know that I usually talk about Tomb Raider, that was like the highlight of my career, but I think wow. that having been at ILM, it was just like a dream come true. I remember going to Seagraph, uh, you know, with uh, you know, I used to go with my girlfriend or we'll go with people from college and we'll go to Seagraph, right? And and just being a Seagraph looking at the, you know, all of these people that that, that worked in Star Wars and did a lot of the stuff, you know, like I was so fascinated with the whole thing. And I remember watching movies and going, Oh, I would like to go to ILM one day. You know, like if I can work there one day, that would be awesome. And I worked at that personal project, the sci-fi that I worked on, you know, the one that you were showing earlier today. Uh I showed it to the you know, during the interview. And they were like, Yeah, you know, we, we want you here. So I went in and it was a dream come true to have, you know, to just be there and to to meet people. Right. That, that, uh, I have seen their names on the credits and things like that. Yeah. And, uh, you know, of course, I wasn't working in the film side. I was working in the, you know, the, uh, the VR stuff. Regardless of that, the fact that I made it there, uh, it was amazing. And so most of the stuff that we did, and I mean, this is public. It's, it's all ILMX lab. It's, it's all VR. So it's 90 frames per second. Very challenging. The good thing is that I have had all of this experience working on mobile games, working on PC, Xbox, whatever, right? Like I have worked on all of these different platforms that when I when I got to work on another platform, which was VR, mm-hmm. um, it was just a new thing. It was just for me to adjust, like my brain to adjust and like work on these things. Um, of course, there's a lot of constraints, a lot of, lot of constraints, I'm not going to lie to you guys. Um, yeah. But at the end of the day, I was working on, you know, on things like the Star Wars Galaxy's Age, you know, the Millennium mm-hmm. Falcon, right? I got to do VFX for that for that incredible experience. So if you go to Disney, right, if you go to Disneyland and you get to try that, it's like, you know, that thing forever be there. And it's like I was able to to work yeah. and do a little bit of effects for that thing. I wasn't the only one. There were other talented VFX artists as well, but I got to work on that. And that, you know, that, that right there is just, As an artist, you just feel you know accomplished.
1: Yeah, that's great. That was uh, actually Destro's question, which
0: you you just hit that right. I'll be going down there in September, so I'll be sure to go go on the ride for the Run. I mean, I don't know if you You want to elaborate how complex it is to do like a ride for Disney.
2: So the the part that we that we worked on was only the VR part, right? right? Like the whole experience. And um, I'm not really sure how much I, I, I should be sharing here because you know, I like it's very true,
0: private. I guess
2: the question could be yeah. like, you
1: know, from a game perspective, that you're using a controller, you're on a, on a console, uh, through right. a VR experience, um, is it the same process, uh, that you, for you as an artist just to do? Uh, specific things or the, the process very- the
2: process is the same it's just it's very limited because you know mm-hmm. when you're working in games you have 30 frames per second maybe 60 frames per second mm-hmm. but now you go to vr and it's like oh we need to be you know the headset has to be running at 90 frames per 90 frames per second oh. less than that mm-hmm. it's going to give people headaches and it's just going to make you right not, not see it and you're not going to like it so To try to keep that as an effects artist is a lot of, you know, and also environment artists and whoever else is working because you have to keep in mind lighting. You have to keep in mind, you know, everything is is budget, right? Because every time you're turning your head to look at a certain area, it has to be within budget. So I'll give props to the TDs that do a lot of the budget for us. Mm -hmm. Right. I, I had an opportunity to work with, you know, an amazing, you know, uh, he was an artist, but he was also very technical. And he was able to just, like, do an amazing job of, like, saving me the grief of, like, just, like, shaving, shaving, shaving my VFX, right? Because he will accommodate and he will balance a lot of stuff out. You know, oh, balance.
1: no, that's yeah. very interesting. I never thought about that, that, you know, because people are putting on this, uh, you know, a uh, uh, VR so you know, like you have to think about that kind of stuff as well. Like, are people gonna be sick? Are people gonna be yeah. nauseous? Um, very, very good uh, on that. Um, that's right. When you go to Disney, let us know how how that. See, now you have a connection that you
0: yeah. You know, you're gonna be <laughs> yeah I'll have to write we'll the, the Smugglers Run right
1: for all the video. You know the 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 VFX uh, for that. Um, so just I guess um. We're getting a little bit to closing some of the stuff, but I just, I want to make sure that, let's say, what do you love more about visual effects? Like, what part of it? I know that you talked about particles, you talked about, you know, sprites, like all this stuff, without getting too technical, you know, for the people that don't know uh, all the specifics, but what is it that you love more about uh, this uh, than, let's say, animation or things like that that you know?
2: Yeah, I think it's for me is bringing things to life. Um, yeah, I was playing a game years ago. It was Ninja Gaiden on the uh, on the Xbox, and um, when I passed a few, I, I went through a few levels, and then I came back, and there was nothing, you know. And I was like, "Oh, what's going on?" Like, there's nothing. It was just empty spaces. And I said to myself, "If I get to work in games." I wanna make sure that I always put the effects so that it's never empty. So you don't have to have an empty space. Like let's say that you go through a level but you can have like a like moth, right? And that would be something that a VFX artist will do because it's like, it's just a few little, so particles are just like these points, right? And you get to animate these points, you get to give them velocities, you get to give them forces like gravity, right? Uh, like noise and you just kind of like move them around. So. Animating these things and putting them at different levels bring spaces to life. So it's not just steam and explosions and right. muscle flashes and this like that. It's also doing, um, mm. you know, things like Ambers, right? Like Ambers will just like bring, yeah. you know, they give you the sense of, oh, there's a fire or whatever. And, you know, you have that animation, you have all of these things happening that just bring things to life. Everything, you know, if you have a weapon, right, I, I can, I'm able to collaborate with the with the animators and with the uh, modelers, so that the weapon we know when the weapon is loaded, we know when the weapon is active, we know when the thing is run out of bullets, yeah. right, and stuff like that. So it's not just in environments; it's also in weapons, vehicles, uh, you name it, right. It's, it's all kinds of opportunities where somebody like like me and my position as a VFX artist get to bring things to life, I guess. And,
1: in a nutshell, yeah. No, no, that that that's great. I, that brings us to uh, uh one of the last questions that we always ask everyone. uh, Destre, uh I'm going to give you this one, uh, and, and then uh, I can close out uh, some of the uh, the other aspects that we have.
0: Okay. So we usually ask, "What advice would you give to an up and coming filmmaker, or what advice would you give to your younger self about?"
1: Yeah, like maybe something you didn't know
2: you were, you know, yeah. putting into this. That could right. <laughs> So now that I've been doing this for a while, right, uh, I'm able to kind of like not let go of the gas because I'm not doing that. I don't think I will ever do that. But I'm able to, to balance things and then to see that um, your life, your personal life and your family comes first. right so balance is really important you know balance don't think that if you don't finish everything in in one go that you're going to get fired uh you know just keep consistency keep doing what you're doing but remember to to have some balance in your life as well
1: very good, That's very, very nice. good. Yeah. That's very important, especially nowadays. That there's so much stuff going on. There's so many, so many pressures, uh, especially because there's so much competition going on. Uh, right. It's a competitive industry. Um, so definitely, I mean that that was great. Uh, we cannot thank you enough for giving us your yeah. time today, uh, just to come here and share that. Uh, I really do think that someone out there is watching, and they're gonna see this, and they're they're going to get motivated to uh, maybe go into the same path of, uh, you know, special effects artists uh, or anything in that uh, realm of games, VR, uh, because it's only growing. You know, it's only growing. Yeah. It's going to get even better and better, uh, you know, uh, just more realistic than ever. Yeah. You know? Right. right. Um, so thank you so much for your time. Um, Desiree, uh, any housekeeping that you may have? Um, maybe do the same as far as Monday. What we have, and then I'm gonna leave everyone with Martin's uh, demo reel again, uh, so they can uh, check it out. And I think um, they can find you on LinkedIn uh, or uh, any other social media other than that. That you, that you know, if people are looking to connect. Oh, with me? Or just watch your stuff? Yeah.
2: Yeah. Um, well, I have the the, the Vimeo page. Um, I think you have my. Um, can I just? Put it in here in the private ch- uh channel, yeah, yeah, what is right that right there. there? Um, I don't have it, it used to be my my page, used to be martin romero, uh, vfx.com, but I use Vimeo and uh, it's you know, it's, it's very affordable, so you know, I just pay like whatever the yearly fee is 50 bucks and I get to put all of my movies in there and I don't have to maintain the website, you know, and all of that. So, um, Perfect. here's my Vimeo page too, and I think you had it, but I'll give it to you again. Yeah, literally. and yeah, I don't have uh, what's the order. I mean, there's so much stuff going no, on. No, you don't have
1: to give us all your socials. Don't worry. I, didn't I, don't, I, I, I don't really have, yeah. I mean, I,
2: ju- I just have my Vimeo page and my, my Facebook, but I don't, you know, Facebook is just like a personal thing. But uh, but I don't have uh, what else. There's, I mean, so many things that people have nowadays. Uh, I don't really have any of those things. I just have face- Facebook and my uh, Vimeo page, which is this there. one right here.
1: Very cool. While well, you put that up, uh, Desiree, uh, just do the closing what you need, and uh, if you hang out until your demo is done, uh, when we finish the broadcast, just to properly say goodbye. And uh, again, thank you so much, uh, uh, Martin. Uh, we really do appreciate. Uh, yeah, your thank time you
0: so time. much.
2: Thank you. Yeah, we we to thank it
0: every- too. Yeah, I want to thank everyone for joining us for our special Star Wars Day episode. Um, we always have wonderful events coming up. So be sure to follow the independent film creative hub on Facebook and Instagram to stay up to date with what we have going on. And we want to thank the Lackawanna County arts and culture department for giving us a grant to do what we do. And for everyone who supports us by watching or listening or coming to our events, we really appreciate it. And to all our guests on, we value your wisdom and knowledge and we love having you on. Um, You can subscribe to our YouTube channel where you can see any of these talks if you miss our live broadcast. And we also have a podcast on multiple platforms where you get your podcasts, where we put the audio um, of the interviews on. So if you want to listen to it or watch it, you can do that, too.
1: Yes, definitely get uh, creative uh, and get motivated. Again, thank you. We're going to leave you with uh, Martin's uh, Demorio for those who missed it in the beginning. Uh, You all have a great night. Uh, Desiree, thank Yeah, and may the force be with you. (laughs) There you go. All right, sounds good.
0: Thank you so much again for joining us on the Scranton Talks podcast. I hope you enjoyed your time with us. We always have wonderful events coming up, so be sure to follow the Independent Film Creative Hub on Facebook and Instagram to stay up to date. You can also subscribe to our YouTube channel where you can see any of these interviews which have live streamed on there if you can't make a live stream. Feel free to message us if you would like us to be if you would like to be on the show. You can direct message us through our Facebook page or Instagram page. We would love to ha- have you share your journey with others and inspire others on their filmmaking journeys. The Independent Film Creative Hub is here for you, geared to help filmmakers reach the potential in becoming successful creative artists. And be sure to visit our website, ourcreativehub.com, and join our directory. It's free to sign up. And that's a wrap. And we'll see you again soon.